Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Let's Run, the Western Mass Running Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Gaudet. This podcast is made possible thanks to the resources at East Hampton Media. 2021 was the first season of the Let's Run podcast. I recorded 26 episodes, one for every mile in a marathon, and they were released weekly for six months. In October, I took a break from recording podcasts and have decided that for 2022, I'll try to release podcasts on a monthly basis. Of course, since we're now in the February, I'm already late with the January podcast, but I'll try to make up for it and plan to release 12 podcasts this year. The final podcast last year was released in early October, right before the Chicago Marathon, and my guest was Ashley Mellon, who was training for the Chicago Marathon. Ashley completed it in 3 hours, 14 minutes, and 9 seconds, shattering her previous PR by almost 8 minutes. Ashley has qualified for the Boston Marathon, and I believe that she is registered for Boston this April. Congratulations to Ashley. And speaking of Boston, I ran in last Boston, last October's Boston Marathon, and I'm registered again for this year's event on Patriots Day. I'll have a few words to say about that at the end of the podcast. I was fortunate to have been able to record podcast conversations with many accomplished runners in the Western Mass running community last year, and hope to have similar podcast guests this year. My wife Cindy thought it would be a good idea to get the perspective of a novice runner, someone who recently completed their first 5K or is training for their first marathon. Today's podcast guest, Marissa Quintero, meets that criteria perfectly. Marissa ran her first 5K in October 2020, and last year progressed to completing her first 10K and then her first half marathon. She ran over 1,000 miles in 2021, very impressive for a novice runner. I met Marissa last year at the 4 Run 3 store in East Longmeadow after a group run. Marissa has been running with the 4 Run 3 training groups and is very enthusiastic. Marissa's love for the running community, her positivity, her strength in overcoming personal challenges, and her passion to help others comes through in the podcast. Here's my conversation with Marissa, and stay tuned afterwards for an update on Western Mass Running Events, the Western Mass Runners Hall of Fame Class of 22, and my take on the Boston Marathon. I would now like to welcome Marissa Quintero to the Let's Run podcast. I met Marissa last year at the 4 Run 3 running store in East Longmeadow. When we met, Marissa, you immediately wanted to take a a running group selfie. I think you have a lot of selfies uh, of your running group. Marissa is currently training for the Providence Marathon, and we are in the 4 Run 3 Marathon training group together. So, Marissa, welcome to the Let's Run podcast. Thank you so much. It is actually an honor to be here. I'm I'm humbled to be invited and very ready to to share my voice and my experience in hopes to inspire others. Well, you certainly do inspire others, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. So we're recording this podcast on January 29th during a major snowstorm that's hit the New England area. Marissa, I understand that you went out running this morning during the snowstorm. So how how did that go? Well, it was fantastic. It makes me feel that I'm capable of doing whatever I put into my mind. I actually didn't know it was going to be a blizzard. I'm originally from Colombia, 
I moved to this country. It will be eight years on April 1st. So my brain still doesn't process the different things that happen throughout the seasons. So I just knew it was going to snow and snow brings me a lot of peace and it makes me feel calm. So since yesterday, I knew I wanted to run in the snow. It was a surprise because it was hard. I actually ended up getting a workout for my legs because I was digging deep in the snow. And then when I turned around, the wind was very strong blowing in my yeah. face. Yeah, cold and windy. Um, yeah, the, the wind yeah. was close to zero today. It was. But I knew I had to finish and that's what I wanted. And I'm grateful I was able to run with a friend that did help me make it through and I finished and now I feel fantastic. Yeah, I always feel good afterward. You're more brave than I am because I typically run on Saturday mornings at Forest Park in the so-called snowstorm classic races. But today I just decided not to make the drive to uh, Springfield and stay home, my warm home. So, but, so you're more brave than I am. But they had 49 runners out in, at Forest Park this morning. So that was something. But as a relatively new runner, it certainly didn't take you long to grow accustomed to, to running outside in, in frigid weather. Well, you know what? I actually don't put too much thought into it. I think if we start letting our fears govern us, we wouldn't live life. And we need to enjoy today, now, the moment, the present. So I've just learned that uh, you need to dress appropriately. And and I've, through my running tribe, I've met amazing people that give me tips and tricks on how to dress properly, depending on the weather. And I've been able to catch up to that. And it has allowed me to, to enjoy my running outdoors. I actually, that's, really that's awesome. all I do. <laughs> Right. So, so for our podcast conversation, I'd, I'd like to talk about your decision to start running and what it was like preparing for your first 5K and then discuss your progression to longer distances. And I'd also like to explore some of the causes that you're very passionate about and discuss what running means to you and how it's affected your life. We'll start from um, when you started running. How long ago was it that you made the decision to start running? Okay, so 2020 was the year that I title it as my year of crisis and victory. 2020, when the pandemic began, I had a crisis and I fell in depression, a very dark time. And I am forever grateful for my belief in God, for my two sons, and for friends that were there for me that would spend as much as necessary time on the phone trying to cheer me up and encourage me. So let's say around the spring, summer of 2020, uh, my oldest son uh, was determined to make sure I would get out the door and he would, he would find spots where we could talk, walk, the three of us. And that helped me make the decision of stop the medication that I had been prescribed as I began to take it. And by one month, I was still feeling no difference. And by the second month, they doubled the dosage and I was still feeling no difference. And my brain was just thinking, I'm just putting chemicals in my body. I should be able to do something else. So 
I knew I needed to work very consciously on my self-healing journey. And I began to realize how much emotions had affected my life. So fast forward in October, 2020, my dear coworker and friend, John Lynch, who's a runner from 413, posted on his Facebook page about the holiday series training that 413 organizes. And I was curious, I asked him, what was that about? He explained it to me and he said, you should try it. I, I think you do good. And I'm like, hmm, okay, I'll try it. You know, October, 2020 was when I turned 40 and I wanted to do a lot of stuff for myself, self-care, think of me. And so I gave it a try. And my first 5K, the most meaningful one for me was actually that day, October 29th. 2020, we ran in the Redstone Rail Trail bike trail in East Long Meadow. It poured that night, but I enjoyed every step I ran. It was fantastic. I ran it all. And I wasn't thinking of what I was doing. I just wanted to run. So John, who is a much more faster runner than I am, just stayed with me because, you know, I was invited by him. And Along the run, there were other runners whom I didn't know that were just encouraging me and would say words of motivation. And I was just like, whoa, like these people don't even know me. Like, how are they encouraging me and supporting me and motivating me? So I fell in love with running. That's that's how I began. Yeah, well, the, certainly the running community is very supportive. I've always felt that way myself. So you finished that 5K in October, but how did you start out? Did you use like a, a Couch to 5K app or how, how did you get from the point of no running to running 3.1 miles? So I had actually just been walking with my children since, let's say, April or May 2020. And that night, October 29th was the first time I was going to run. And I mean, it was a run and I knew I had to run. I didn't know what I was running. Like all I knew was that I was, I was out to run and it was a 5k. And so the first time you decided to run, you ran a 5k. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> I don't even know what I was doing, but um, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Wow, wow, that, that's really great. And no injuries then. We'll talk about it in a few minutes, but you've ran quite a few miles in 2021. And I believe you've avoided any serious injuries. So you've been fortunate. What's the secret to your success? Well, I do have to admit that strength training wasn't a thing. I started running and I was never into sports in high school. I never ran. I tried going to the gym maybe five years ago and it just wasn't my thing. You know, I didn't find passion in it, but for running, it has just been, I want to do more miles. I want to do more miles. I just want to go out. But actually what, what has really driven me to stay consistent is the benefit I found in it. At the end of 2020, I said goodbye to Mr. Depression. I said, thank you very much for what you have taught me, but I don't need your visit anymore. And I said goodbye. So running actually helps me stay balanced and focused. And 
it helps me release stress. So fast forward a year after, I do understand the importance of, of cross training and strength training, and I'm learning to incorporate it more. But I just think I've actually been very lucky that I've done all the miles I did in 2021, and I was able to avoid injury. And like you said, the strength training, I'm sure, uh, helps you out. But you have quite a running tribe now. Uh, you started out with John Lynch, and, and then um, you joined the 4Run3 training group. And um, in fact, I'm in a group with you right now. We're both training for our, a marathon. You're training for the Providence Marathon, and I'm training for Boston, which is a couple of weeks earlier than that. And we'll talk more detail in a few minutes, but did it help to have other people to run with when you were starting out? Oh, most definitely. I've belonged to different type of communities, but the most supportive, inclusive, encouraging, motivating, and loving community has been the running community by far. There's no judging there's love. I try to find which is the one word to describe and it always comes back. It's love. And so I've made friends. I've known people that are what we would consider elite runners and everybody just has so much respect for each other. And I do want to say that if it wouldn't be for the running friends, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at. So I am very grateful for each and every person that I've been able to meet along the way. Yeah, I would concur that the running community is certainly supportive. And I used to start a you know, real long distance running about seven years ago. And I belonged to a running club, the Empire One, and I made a lot of friends through running. So um, in some ways, I had a similar experience. So I can concur that the running community is very supportive. You also um, refer to Jill Murphy as your running coach. She um, leads the four run three training groups and her and her husband, Tim, manage the four run three store. How has Jill helped out on your running journey? She's amazing. She is amazing. I remember back sometime in November 2020 in one of the training running nights. It was training for a 5K, 10K group. She ran up to me and started talking to me and asking me questions. And I did say, you know, that I had joined the group because I was going through my self-healing journey and, and I felt that this would help me. And I have the memory of that night as if it was yesterday. She, she She's a fast runner, <laughs> way faster than me way more faster and she just stayed with me the whole night and I'm very appreciative of that and she shares her knowledge and her love for running in a way that when I'm running I have her words very clear in my mind and belonging to a running community and wanting to run more requires learning a lot it's not just running. You need to learn hydration, nutrition, resting, stretching, strength training, the appropriate clothing. There is a lot to learn. And Jill does an amazing job at teaching us all of what we need to be successful. 
So Jill Murphy for me is is more than more than my coach. I'm very grateful for her. I ran with the, the group a few years ago when um, I was training for the New York Marathon and, and Jill had a, a Philadelphia Marathon training group. I knew some people in the group and, and I didn't actually join the, for the entire session, but Jill would let me drop in every once in a while and run with the group. So that was, uh, that was very nice of her. But um, yeah, I, I concur. She's made a difference for a lot of people. So you, you have two sons. You mentioned one of them before. Do, do they ever run with you? They do. And they love it. And they're my number one fans. My oldest son, Sergio, he's 18. And he joined the cross-country team at his high school last fall. He loved it. And he took a break for the winter due to health reasons. And he's planning to go back in the spring. But my youngest one was able to join a running group through the East Long Meadow town and it was coordinated by 413. So Jill was the coach and Luigi loved it and Luigi looks up to his older brother very much. So once we knew we had the opportunity of doing a 5k together, they both so wanted it. So our first 5k together was on August it was August 21st, 2021. We ran the Pink Wave Foundation 5K. It was at the Ashby Reservoir. And that was, you know, it's it's organized to raise funds to aid women and their families that are battling breast cancer. And it is a very dear cause to me. I lost my mom to breast cancer 24 years ago. And Although my children didn't meet my mom, they love her and they love me. And it was our first 5K together. So it was a very meaningful one. Oh, for sure. Your youngest son's also a soccer player, I believe. Oh, yes. And he loves it. He's so good at it. My oldest son used to be a soccer player, but once he was in high school, it didn't vibe with him that much. And, you know, it's difficult. It's not easy to be accepted in groups. And there are some sports that are more competitive and running is just more about supporting each other. So the cross country team was, we, we, we got suggested for him to join it because both my kids have always been very active. And so in Colombia, the country we come from, soccer is the one sport everybody knows and practices. But Sergio just couldn't keep up with it. And so in August last year, he was hospitalized. He has been dealing with several health issues. And one of the nurses in the pediatric unit, just she's another angel. And she was talking to us and she said, well, you should join the cross-country team. You know, I think it will be a good fit for you. You can stay active. The kids are really nice. And so uh, I was just also trying to find ways to support my oldest son's emotions. And because I had also started running, he decided to join it and he did great. He did great considering he was, you know, a runner also for the first time. He did great and there's way more acceptance in the cross-country team. 
Oh yeah, that's great. Just to chip off the old block, I guess he's he, he takes after his mom <laughs> as a runner. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so the first time you went running, you completed a 5K, and then after that, you progressed to longer distances. So uh, how did that journey go? After in October 2020, you ran that 5K, and then um, you joined the I think it was the holiday uh, group with four run three. Mm-hmm. Did you have another event on the horizon, a goal to shoot for? So actually, the first official 5K that I had signed up for was the stuff in the pantry that took place in on Thanksgiving Day of November 2020. It was virtual, but 413 was, was holding it for us. But I had a surgery and complications so I wasn't able to, to do that. That would have been my first official. So the next race was a 10K, also organized by 413. And it was on January 1st, 2021. And I was just coming back and I could only walk because I was just like 35 days of my surgery. So I couldn't run and I had just slowly started to walk, but I wanted to do that 5K. So I asked Jill if walking was an option and they're so kind and inclusive that she said, absolutely, yes. So my first 5K was walking and that was January 1st. Then the next 10K, which was actually running was on March 21st, 2021, and it was the Holyoke St. Patrick's Road Race, which was also virtual at the time. I think all the races were virtual back then. Yes. And so that one felt amazing because that was the first time I actually crossed the finish line. There was the arch. Everybody was waiting. My kids were there, like so excited to see me completing a race. And, you know, the people, the people along the way and the water stops. So I didn't know any of that. I didn't know all of the feelings when you are in a race. I had, I had no expectation. I just knew I was going to run a 10K that I was training for and that I had I consider that I've been consistently running as of the third or fourth week of January 2021, because I began in October and mid-November, I had to pause due to health issues. And it took me some time to be able to recover and feel ready to run again. So when I ran on March 21st, that 10K, I felt so accomplished. I loved it. Yes. For me, having a signing up for a race. Uh, is a motivating factor to get me out to prepare for that race. And and so did, you know, you had signed up for the St. Patrick's Day race. Did, did that help motivate you to get out February? And Well, I want to say that I was looking forward to it because I wanted to know what was it about participating in a race? Like I, I just didn't know. And I think these are activities that you need to live and experience them in order to understand. Because everybody speaks by their own experience, but you need to live it. So to answer your question about was that a motivational factor? 
what motivates me to run is my self-healing journey, is making sure I'm taking care of my mental health and making sure that I take care of myself because I've learned you cannot pour off an empty cup. And if I want to love my children, I need to love myself first and foremost. So that is actually what motivates me to run. That's wonderful. And then you've run um, many other races as well um, in 2021. And I think a lot of them were organized by 4Run3. You ran the uh, Spooky Sprint 5K, Gordy's Pumpkin Run. You did those around Halloween. Any races uh, during the year stand out? Yeah. So the stuff in the pantry stands out because that was the first Thanksgiving race that the boys and I were able to do together. And Thanksgiving is a holiday that allows you to pause and be conscious of all of the reasons you have to be grateful for. So the three of us ran and it's something that makes our bond stronger and they're super fast wicked fast way faster than I am but it's also nice to know that we have something in common and something that brings us together so that was very meaningful and we before staff in the pantry we ran this spooky sprint race and it was just cool to kind of you know dress down And that was the graduation race for the children that had joined the training running through the town. So it was just a fun experience. We all, you know, had our costumes on and that was a fun one. To answer about meaningful, the most meaningful race for me in 2021 was the hot chocolate run that I ran in Northampton on December 5th. When I heard about this race, it was when I signed up for the fall holiday series training group through 413, and they share and list all of the different upcoming races, and everybody's free to sign up for whatever they want. But when I learned what was behind this race, I knew I had to do it. The Hot Chocolate Run is organized by Safe Passage, which is an organization that supports domestic violence survivors. I'm a survivor, and I didn't have the support that this type of organization provides. There are some countries where it's not a thing, and there's, there's just not enough help. There's not enough awareness, and I went many years of my life in silence without knowing that there was a world out there where I didn't need to stay. I didn't need to feel the way I was feeling. So when I learned about this race, and then I also saw that there was an opportunity to raise funds, I told myself that I could do a fundraiser. It was my first fundraiser ever. And when I set the amount, it was a challenging amount to be my first fundraiser, but it is a very dear cause to me. So I knew I wanted to do it. And when I run, I run with the purpose. And one of the causes that is very important and that I want to raise awareness for is domestic violence. 
So it must have been very special for you being the domestic violence victim and survivor and, and then running that race and raising a, a lot of money to help other victims. In fact, you raised over $1,000, I believe, which is uh, quite I did. impressive. Yeah. I went beyond my goal. And that was just every time somebody donated, like I had people donating to me that I have never met in person mm-hmm. because through the running journey, you end up being in different Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And there are even some groups where you cannot ask for a donation, but just mentioning that today I ran thinking of domestic violence warriors and wearing my purple hat or my purple shirt. I had people just reach out to me and say that they would like to donate. Could I send them the link? I, I, I don't even know if I would ever meet these people, but when you put your heart into something, you touch other people, you touch other hearts. So that's all I was doing. And I want other warriors and survivors and those that are still battling through it know that there's hope that they can make it out of that situation. It's really great that you do that. In fact, the running community is great. You know, running is uh, is a means to you know, raise funds for an awareness for so many causes, you know, Alzheimer's or heart disease or, or breast cancer. That I, I think that's something that's really special about running. I believe you also ran some other uh, races last year, the uh, the Wonder Woman race. Yes. Could you talk about that one? Yeah, that actually is a virtual race. And how I came across of it is because through one of the running friends of that I met at 413, she once had a visor of Wonder Woman. And I asked her, you know, where did she get it? And she said, oh, you know, this this comes with a race that I participated in. It's a virtual race. And I was like, oh. So a couple of years ago, one of my coworkers, we were talking about some personal stuff. And she said, geez, you're a Wonder Woman. And I'm like, why do you say that? (laughs) And she just started listing all of her reasons. So I remembered those words of, of this coworker a couple of years ago. And then I was like, you know what? I want to run this race because I remember that I am a Wonder Woman. So I shared with some other running ladies that I was going to do that. And I would like to, you know, I was just inviting them to join me and several of them joined me. And then we just picked the day and we met and we ran together. We all signed up for the race. There were some others that did not sign up, but still joined us. And it just felt amazing. You know, all of us women there together, supporting each other and just reminding ourselves of what we're capable of. Yeah, that's great to do something like that with a group who have the same goal. It's really a wonderful thing. So you're also passionate about mental health awareness. And you ran the Breaking the Stigma Virtual 5K, I believe, last uh, December. And you're also a uh, Still I Run ambassador. Could you talk about that? Sure. As I mentioned, you know, what actually motivates me to, to run is wanting to make sure that I'm taking care of my mental health. So last year, and, and to be honest, I really cannot remember how I joined this Still I Run community had to be through some running friend that was part of it. And then I found them and I joined a Facebook running page that 
goes through Still Iran. And Still Iran is a nonprofit that promotes the benefits of running for mental health. So as you have noticed, I take a lot of selfies and I do it because it's my memories and I want to document my progress and my sharing with others. And so at some point, one of my running buddies, April, who I love very dearly, she helped me so much when my dad fell ill in April, 2021. And both of us were training for a half marathon. And I could have quit because mentally I was going through a lot. My, my dad fell ill and passed away to COVID and I couldn't travel because of the circumstances. So it was a very hard situation to cope with. So as I say, I run for my mental health and being part of this group. Towards the end of the year, they posted about if you are a person that believes in mental health and would like to raise mental health awareness to apply to be an ambassador for 2022. So my friend April sends me a message one day and she's like, you should apply. And I'm like, no, like, I don't think so. She's like, yes, because you already do all of what an ambassador does. You're not going to be doing any extra. So she's like, go for it. So I decided to apply for it. And the day I got the email saying that I was selected to be an ambassador, it brought so much joy to me because I'm able to raise mental health awareness, a very dear cause to me. And they had a virtual 5K breaking the stigma. And I ran that on January 1st, 2022. Then again, I ran with a purpose. So that's how I kicked off 2022, running that race. And I had started speaking with a couple of people that I ran with about what I was going to do on New Year's Day. And several of them actually signed up for it. And I posted of where I wanted to run. And several people, some who signed up and some who just wanted to join me, uh, ran with me. We met at uh, Minichog High School in, in Wilbraham. And, and we ran together on the morning of New Year's Day. Wow. So, so that's great. Knowing you as I do, I, I think you are a great ambassador for a lot of causes. And, and you're certainly an inspiration for many. And we'll talk more about some other causes you're uh, passionate about. One is uh, empowering women. And you were, in fact, the uh, October model on the uh, 2022 Women Empowered Calendar. How did that happen? Oh, well, because... Going back to my self-healing journey, in October 2020, when I turned 40, it's a milestone. It was a milestone for me. And, you know, I was healing from depression and anxiety. And I came across of a post in Facebook of a very amazing woman called Ashley Battle, she is the owner of Beauty Battles, which is a, a beauty spa that helps women and men look and feel their absolute best. They offer different services. And there was a service she was offering that day. And 
a percentage of the proceeds of the services of that day were going towards the Domestic Violence Foundation that she was sponsoring. And back then I wasn't even raising awareness. It was just something very dear to me as I'm a survivor. So I messaged her and asked her if she had openings and she actually did for like 6.30 in the evening that night. So I went and I love her. It was such a special connection with another woman that owns her business. And she, a couple of months after, I I just kept going. It's part of my monthly self-care. And so she had the Women Empowered 2021 calendar in her office. And I saw it and I asked her what it was about. So she explained, well, I'm friends of a woman who is the founder of the Women Empowered group. And this woman is named Michelle Crean. And she connected me with her. And this Women Empowered group is about, it's a space to celebrate all women and our diversity and uniqueness. So with Michelle, I was invited to their Facebook private group. And at some point she wanted to meet me. I wanted to meet her and we ended up meeting for coffee sometime in the summer, 2021. We didn't have too much time that day, but that was another special connection. And towards the end of our conversation, she asked me if she said, you know, I, I would like to invite you to be a model for the Women Empowered Calendar of 2022. And I just looked at her and I was like, um, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, it was very unexpected. And the women that were featured in the 2021 calendar, almost all of them, if not all of them, have their own business. So I'm like, how can I be a model? Like, I I don't have my business. And she's like, oh, but you have so much to share and to inspire other women that you, we want you to be a model. And she said that my running and my posts are just so inspiring that, that I had to be a model. So I was like, okay, you know, why not? And I was once again humble, but I saw it as an opportunity to share my experience and be a voice of hope and inspiration for others. So that's how I ended being a model. And I was able to just show myself as who I am and I'm a runner and I have a passion for it. Yeah. So do you have that calendar hanging in the wall at your house? I sure do. <laughs> Can't wait till October, huh? <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Yeah. <laughs> so reasons you run, it sounds like they're for your physical health, your mental health, and plus the running, you support a lot of causes that you're passionate about through your running. And that's just all great. That's really what motivates you, I think, more than any competition or that sort of thing. But I do want to get back a little bit about your running and you ran a half ma- the Hartford half marathon last October. And so that, um, so that was your first half marathon and that was a big event, right? You ran it. Did you run it in person in Hartford or was it virtual? Yes. 
It was in person. I, I, I ran it in person, but actually that was not my first half marathon. Oh, so, oh okay. So uh, excuse me. <laughs> no, that's that's okay. This is the, the chance to talk about it. So my first half marathon was I ran it on May 15th, 2021. And I was training for that half marathon after I ran my first 10K in March. Mm-hmm. And all of this was organized by Four Run Three. So when I finished the 10K in March, as I was speaking with John Lynch, my friend, I was like, okay, so what's next? And so they're like, well, no, you know, you just keep improving yourself and you can do another handful of 5Ks and 10Ks. But after a 10K, there's the half marathon. So I was like, okay, so I want to do it. And He's like, really? I said, yeah, you know, because why not? I, I can do it. I joined the, the half marathon training group through 413, which was virtual and it was sponsored by them. And it was actually called the Quarantine Half Marathon. So it took place 10 days after my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. And it was very emotional because when I joined this training group, I kept caring with my dad and with my siblings and, of course, my children and my friends of of something that I was doing and everybody just thought it was great. And there is a memory that I have of my dad commenting on one of my pictures where he said, run, baby, run. And I keep that with me forever. So that was my first half marathon. I ran my first half marathon under four months of being a consistent runner. That's amazing. So at the moment, I didn't realize that I was doing so much in such a short period of time. But for me, it has never been about competing or it hasn't been about a physical thing. It's more about an emotional thing and about my self-healing journey. And I'm so determined on healing because I know that through my healing, my ancestors, my children, and my future generations will also heal. So that's what drives me. Then, of course, once I finish that half marathon, you know, all of us runners, when we finish a race, we have this high and we decide to sign up for many more races. Mm -hmm. Um, That's true. So <laughs> you, you, you know, what I, I'm talking I, I know about. that experience. <laughs> so, so a couple of days after I see all of these other runners of 413 posting about signing up for Hartford. And I started asking what was this about? And I learned, okay, Hartford. And that's when they opened live races again. And so I spoke with April, my running buddy, who helped me not quit my first half marathon if she wanted to do it and she did and that was our first live half marathon the two of us trained for it together ran it together and this sensation of a live race isn't compared to anything else in Hartford too there's so many people that's a big race that big event because they have the half marathon and the marathon at the same time correct correct and you have all of these strangers along the way cheering on you and encouraging you. And this is just like, you know how in life you have this expectation that 
the people that are close to you, your relatives or your friends or your partner, like they should cheer on you and root for you. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And then you have this other side of complete strangers, complete strangers, people that don't even know you, don't even know where you're coming from, who you are. And they're, they're just rooting for you and encouraging you. I'm telling you, it was a feeling like none other. I actually had a woman that is part of a Facebook Run the Year page. I joined the Run the Year Facebook page and the challenge last year. And because I post, this woman knew me and she saw me. And as I was running and I was about to pass in front of her, she's like, I know you, I know you, you're from the Run the Year Facebook page. And I was like, oh my God, like it, it was, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Amazing so, that she could pick you out of, among all those runners. <laughs> <laughs> it sure was. It sure was. Wow. That's special. So very um, special. Yeah, sure, sure it is. You talk about your Facebook posting and, and um, this year you're writing and, and maybe last year too, writing a lot about positivity. And so you have daily posts about positivity. So can you talk about that for a minute? Of course, there's a lot of my self-healing journey that I've been learning about and I've been learning about energy and the people that surround you and what do you need to do to, to be happy. And one of the things that I've come across of is how to stay positive and how important are your thoughts because what you think you attract, right? So I lived many years going through a lot of pain for several reasons. And I was just tired of it. And I didn't want to be feeling like that anymore. And I had always been looking for happiness outside of me so through some very dear people that I've met I started learning about how important it is to be grateful and there's always always a reason to be grateful for even though you're going through a difficult time or situation and I've learned that happiness resides within you if you leave your happiness to outside factors, there's going to be a moment where you're going to be discouraged. So I also learned that if I stay positive, it will help me go through situations that can be challenging, can be upsetting, can be discouraging because there's always something positive in every situation. And in 2020, I went through depression and anxiety. And then towards the end of August, I experienced an excruciating pain that I didn't even know what was it. I was rushed to the urgent care, then sent to the ER and they missed what was the cause of my pain. They just gave me painkillers, sent me back home. And it took me four months going in this circle that 
unfortunately happens to some people that they don't catch what you're dealing with when, you know, the first time. Sure. But four months after, and after going through seven episodes of excruciating pain, I was diagnosed with gallstones. Mm-hmm. And I had surgery and they removed my gallbladder. And four days after my surgery, the pain came back. Ooh. And I was rushed to the ER again. And they didn't find why I had the pain. So more painkillers and wait two more days to see your surgeon again. And I was sent back home. And those two days of waiting for my surgeon were horrible, horrible. I didn't want to go back to the ER. I should have, but I was like, what am I going to go back for if they're going to say you have to wait for your surgeon? You know, that was my train of thought. So, and plus it was during COVID also. So, that that added. Correct. So, that added to the challenges that our healthcare system is actually still going through. So, when the surgeon finally saw me and well, he spoke to me, he ordered an MRI, I go for the MRI, he had to wait for the results. When he got them, he's like, please come in. So one of my friends drove me. And when he saw me, he looked at my friend and he said, I need to hospitalize her immediately. And I was in so much pain that I wasn't even processing what was happening. I only remember that I looked at my friend and I said, please take care of my children. Because I have no family here. So I rely on my friends and I'm forever grateful for them. So when they hospitalized me, I was in so much pain and it took them three doses of Dilaudid. It's a very strong painkiller. The pain was so strong, but all I could do at that moment was two things. In my head, I was praying to God and asking him to please give me wisdom to understand what was the lesson to be learned from that experience. And and I prayed that he would show me what was the lesson that I needed to learn. And I also prayed and I, I just was having this conversation with God. And I said, God, you know, I know that your will is wiser than my desire. But I pray that you don't take me because I cannot leave my kids alone. So, you know, when I was there going through all of those pain medications and they found that there was a stone caught in my common billiard duct and they had to do another procedure, but they had to stabilize me first. And I heard a patient because the doors were open and there was a a patient that didn't speak English and they had a translator and I was listening to the translation and to what the doctor was saying and the translation wasn't word by word and I felt powerless because a patient's right is to get the correct information oh for sure so I had a lot of things going through my head, but through that experience, I found my purpose in life. And I knew 
I wanted to be the voice of those ones who cannot speak for themselves. And I knew that I want to live a life of serving others. And I knew I wanted to empower other women. And when I left the hospital, I knew all of this. I just didn't know how I was going to do it because it was a lot that I wanted to do. But I work and I am raising two children by myself and that's my priority. So it's just like, I just couldn't go and start trying different things. But, you know, I prayed. But one thing I decided to do in 2021 was post a daily positive message. And I told myself that if my posts can bring a smile to at least one person on a daily basis, I feel my life is not in vain. That's why I post a daily positive message. So it sounds like your faith helped you get you through a lot of these difficult moments in your life. And um, you certainly recovered from your gallbladder surgery very quickly to A, become a, a, an accomplished runner and, and then B, become passionate about all these causes to help others. And, and so it didn't really take you long after maybe hitting rock bottom in November to quite an accomplishment you had for 2021. Right. You ran over a thousand miles. Uh, you supported many causes. Certainly uh, you have a lot to be proud of. I do. And I'm grateful for, for who I am, for where I come from. And I'm very hopeful for where I'm heading to. And I do definitely attribute all of these to have had the opportunity to grow in faith. My parents raised us as Baha'is. I am a Baha'i. And it's a religion that has its origins in Iran. And we Baha'is believe that it is time for humanity to come together as one family to create a world where everyone can thrive. And the spiritual teachings of our faith are to inspire us to form deep and diverse relationships and build communities that will nurture the well-being of all. And we believe that we all have a part to play in shaping a bright future. So I know that one of my duties is to do this, to do my part. So you mentioned going forward. Going forward now this year, you're in, you decided to sign up for the Marathon Training Group. Could you just talk a little bit about what, um, what motivated you to make the jump from a half marathon to a full marathon? So my oldest son is currently a junior. And because they're my number one fans, I want to make sure that for these major races, especially if it's the first time, that they can be there present on the day of my race. So I knew I wanted to do a full marathon before he graduates from high school, because if he goes to college and he moves far away, it's going to be less likely and possible than that he can be present. So I technically have 2023 to do that, but I decided to, end of December, I, I sent a message to my coach and, and I asked her 
if she thought I was ready to train for a full marathon. And she said that absolutely, yes, that then it was a matter of when would I want to do it? She said, when do you prefer to train? In the winter or in the summer? And I was like, I grew up in Barranquilla, Colombia, where it is hot and <laughs> humid all year round, 90 degrees. <laughs> but I learned in training last summer for the Hartford Half Marathon, the training in the heat is just so hard. It was very hard. And I remember training. I told my friend April, I said, listen, I promise you, I promise you that in the winter, I will not complain once of the weather. I promise you. Now, of course, I didn't know what I was heading into because this is really my first winter training the way I'm training. So I didn't know about running in a blizzard or running at zero degrees, you know? <laughs> I, I hadn't experienced it. So I really didn't have a place to compare with, but I did know that the summer was too much. And training for a full marathon, I certainly knew it was going to take a lot of sacrifices and effort. So with the assurance that my coach gave me, I decided that one of my intentions for 2022 was to run a full marathon. And then I knew I wanted to train in the winter. So that's why I am in this group and I'm going to be running the Providence full marathon. Also considering that is it's early May. So I know that on race day, it is likely that it's still not going to be too hot because a full marathon is, is, is a lot of miles and I don't want to run a lot of miles when it's too hot. So oh, <laughs> that, that's how I made my decision. I want both my children to be present during my first full marathon. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on running in the heat. I ran a marathon last October and just the training was awful late last summer. And even though the winter's been cold thus far, I, I still prefer it running now as opposed to running in the summer. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Although I can't say I never complain about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the marathon training group with you. Um, and one thing that I found that was really useful was the Run Go app. Are, are you familiar with that? And Jill loads, she loads the, the course into the app. And then, um, you know, I just run with my phone and my headphones and tells me when to turn. And it's kept me from getting lost already a couple of times. Do you, you use that? Yes, because that's what 4Run3 uses for the routes that they create for our training. And it works pretty good for the most. There are some areas that signal gets lost, but it's really not that big of a deal. But yeah, it helps me, you know, not get lost. And in the full marathon training group this time, I want to say, like, I'm not as fast as most of the runners. So there's no way I could run our training routes relaying on the other runners because the other runners are way ahead of me, which I don't have a problem with. I just look at every runner and I'm just, oh my goodness, they're just amazing. But I've learned that my race, my pace, that's how I go out. And I'm not thinking about running very fast. For my full marathon right now, I'm focused on building up the endurance that I will need to run yes. a full marathon. So pace is not, yeah, I'm not even thinking of it. The, the app helps a lot. I agree. So 
Do you have any advice for someone who's thinking about running? Someone who maybe was where you were a year and a half ago. Yes. So my advice is finding your why. Why do you want to be a runner? What motivates you to be a runner? First time it may be wanting to be more fit. First time it may want to be being part of a community. And for some, it may be like it is for me to, you know, maintain my mental health. But I feel that in life, once you know your why, you can just go ahead and and do whatever you decide to do. So that would be my advice, knowing your why. That's good advice. So. Marissa, this is, uh, it's been great chatting with you on the podcast. I'm glad you uh, agreed to join me and I'm looking forward to seeing you at our marathon training group session. Absolutely. I do appreciate you giving me this opportunity because one of my dreams back at the end of 2020 of being the voice of those ones who cannot speak and inspiring others has come true because I know I will be heard through this podcast. So I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. It has been fantastic. And I do look forward to continue our, our training together. I know I have lots to learn from you. So thank you so much for this. All right. And I have lots to learn from you as well. So great uh, talking with you and, and being in the group with you. So um, take care. Thank you. You as well. Although winter is usually the quiet time for road races, this winter appears to be even more quiet than usual due to COVID. Last November and December, a family friend started running using the Couch to 5K app with the goal of running in Gordy's first race in Westfield on New Year's Day. Unfortunately, that race was canceled due to COVID. There really aren't many other 5K events on the horizon, so she now has her sights set on the Run Westfield Flat and Fast 5K race on May 21st. Of course, the Snowstorm Classic races that are organized by the Greater Springfield Harriers are taking place at Forest Park in Springfield at 9 a.m. on Saturdays until the end of February. As I mentioned earlier, I'm recording this podcast on Saturday, January 29th during a significant snowstorm, but that didn't stop 49 runners from braving the elements to run through Forest Park. The Snowstorm Classic truly lives up to its name. It has never been canceled due to weather. The race alternates each week between a 5K distance and a 10K distance, so they'll be running the 10K next Saturday, February 5th. Check out the Greater Springfield Harriers website for details, including a special starting location on February 5th only. And speaking of the Harriers website, you can find a listing of upcoming local races there, as well as results from local races. Notable races on the horizon include the Holyoke St. Patrick's Day 10K road race on Saturday, March 19th. In addition, Impact Racing is hosting the Black Birch Vineyard 10-miler on March 27th and the Fort Hill Brewery Half Marathon on April 10th. The Fort Hill event will not include a 5K as it has in past years. The induction ceremony for the Western Mass Runners Hall of Fame Class of 2022 will take place on March 12th at the Holyoke Elks. You can find details on the Harriers website or Google the Western Mass Runners Hall of Fame. 
I've already purchased my ticket. On the same week that it was announced that David Ortiz will be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, the Western Mass Runners Hall of Fame announced their class of 2022. Runners include Charles Taus, Cheryl Bear, Dave Reinhardt, Mary Rizzek, Roland Cormier, Stetson Arnold, and Steve Snover. Race directors include Ron Hebert and Dick Arsenault. Dick and Rick Hoyt are being recognized for their accomplishments, and Dave Martula is being recognized with the Brian Gardu Volunteer of the Year Award. And finally, a few words on last October's Boston Marathon. I know this isn't timely, but I did want to share my thoughts on the experience. That was my fourth Boston, and it was awesome as always, but COVID forced a few changes compared with a typical year. The Runners Expo at the Heinz Auditorium was virtually non-existent, although you could still purchase official Boston Marathon gear. There were 20,000 runners registered, fewer than the 30,000 or so who usually run. By the way, this April's April's event will be back to having 30,000 runners entered. Not only were there fewer runners last October, but I'd say there were also fewer spectators, although the crowd support was still awesome and I was able to connect with a number of Western Mass runners along the way. Club buses could not park in Hopkinton in October, so virtually everyone had to take the school buses from Boston Common to Hopkinton. Once arriving in Hopkinton, runners had to immediately make the .7-mile walk from the high school to the startup area, warm up, hit the porta potty and head out. There was no waiting around at the Athletes' Village for your corral to be called, which was actually a good thing. During the race, Craig Stokowski, a podcast guest from last year, greeted me in Framingham along with his wife, Sonia, and took the picture of me, which I am now using as my podcast photo. Of course, that was at around mile seven, while I still had a smile on my face. I suffered through many more miles until I turned on the Boylston Street and was greeted by a group of my family members who had come to Boston to cheer me on. That certainly put a smile back on my face. After the race, I had trouble connecting with my family as my cell phone battery died. But luckily, I ran into Hiram Cruz, a Western Mass runner, who completed the race as a duo team with his son, Angel. Fortunately, Hiram loaned me his phone to call my wife, Cindy, and meet up with my family at MJ O'Connor's at the Park Plaza Hotel for some post-race celebration. It was a glorious day. I'm looking forward to another great day in Boston this Patriots Day. Thank you for listening to the Let's Run Western Mass Running Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And as always, happy running!